Welcome back to another episode of Off the Record with Danny Rogers. I have someone so special joining me. She can't be here in studio because she is currently living, working in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Lisa Foyles, people. If you if she is at all familiar looking, it's because you might know her from all that and maybe an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. And if you know her voice, it is because she sang the iconic Jamal That Song for the team. So let me play it for the people real quick. It's the best. How many times have you listened to that, Lisa? Uh, Every night before I go to bed, I just like to play it on a loop. It helps me sleep, you know, just, man. And I just like, wow, you're so talented, Lisa. Listen to your voice. You're so good. (laughs) It is so good, though. We have to we have to draw the connection here of, okay, Lisa from who's living in Las Vegas now, originally from the Pacific Northwest. So she is a Seahawks fan. I'm sorry, family, to drop that on you real quick. What is the connection? I'll I'll go. (laughs) What's the connection, Lisa? How did you get your voice on the Jamal that theme song uh, that pays homage to Jamal Williams, Detroit Lions running back and currently the league leader in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, the man's amazing. So uh, Neil Larson, who is one of your lovely co-workers, I don't even know his title. He just runs cameras. Senior video producer and social media extraordinaire. Yeah, fancy title. Uh, Anyway, so I've been friends with Neil Larson since when he lived in Las Vegas. So we met here when he was in a band. We became friends. He moved to Detroit and we wanted to disown him. We're like, I can't believe you're moving away. We're friends. You're just going to ruin our friendship like that. How dare you pick a job over us? Like, what kind of friend are you? Um, So he moved to Detroit uh, and then fast forward. And he obviously, when we met in Las Vegas, he knew I was on all that. And, you know, he, we got to know each other. So he knew that I was on the show. Um, And so, yeah, he just, we've stayed friends over the years. It wasn't a random call out of nowhere, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so he called me up one day and he's like, Hey, uh, so we want to give this guy, Jamal Williams, his own show, because he's this amazing personality. You know, he loves pop culture. It would totally vibe with his fans. uh, And we want to call it Jamal that. And I'm like, already just cracking up laughing. This is genius. And he's like, we got to do a theme song for it uh and can you please sing it um and i said uh, not for any less than ten thousand dollars so he quickly <laughs> wired that over to me no i'm just kidding <laughs> get your money girl i'm like absolutely yes uh so we teamed up with the lead singer from his las vegas band jared jones uh and jared played all the music and he produced it and then i sent over my vocals and uh he you know, mastered it, made it all sound pretty and then send it over to Neil. And then the next thing, you know, we were just seeing it everywhere. Uh, people are sending me videos of it being played in the stadium. And I'm just like, this is so amazing. So that's kind of how that came to be. Uh, but it's funny. I actually sang the theme song for the, for seasons, I believe it was seasons nine and 10 with Lil Bow Wow. Was it Lil Bow Wow? Yeah, with Lil Bow Wow. So way back in the day, I was in the recording studio doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh, like I have vivid memories of doing that and then fast forward now I'm in my studio doing the uh, 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 like so we changed it enough that it's different but still 
sounds the same. Yeah, it was a total blast from the past for me. So now I've technically recorded two versions of the All That theme song. So I have a feeling you might have a favorite one, especially if it's like connected to Jamal Williams, who is one of the best humans ever. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. So I love uh, just funny, crazy sports personalities, you know, Jamal Williams, like there's so many of them in UFC. I hosted a show called the UFC minute for years and years and years. Uh, and that was a job where I knew nothing about UFC before I hosted the show. I'm like this, like who would watch this sport? This is barbaric. Like these are just men in their underwear, just trying to kill each other. Like who would, who would watch this? And then like two months into it, I like knew all the fighters. I'm just like, oh yeah, get it. You know, I'm like so into it, but you learn the personalities. It was right when Conor McGregor was coming up. Mm -hmm. So obviously I like loved Conor. He was so funny and silly. His little like billionaire walk. Like every time he was on the microphone, I wanted to hear what he had to say because I knew whatever it was, I was going to feature it in the show. Um, And I feel like Jamal is similar. Just, you know, obviously takes the game and the sport incredibly seriously but I don't think he takes himself or life very seriously and that's the way you got to be you know we I watched all the uh, hard knocks episodes and was so sucked in um to that show and just you know he was so so fun to watch I mean they're they're they all have great personalities but there's just there's something about that guy you know (laughs) I agree I think you hit the the nail on the head with very serious about the game off the field he's just he's a character and and everyone loves him for that um when you were recording this song you said it was in your studio neil our favorite neil he might did you record it in the bathroom at all or the closet uh so i do have a walk-in closet upstairs that i have uh that i do all my voiceover jobs in which people don't realize yeah but sometimes show business can be very glamorous but a walk-in closet is like the best place to record because it just muffles everything so yeah every once in a while I'll record right here so this is my this is my like filming studio if I'm filming a job or uh, like this is where I hosted the UFC minute this was a green screen and uh, I had like an hour turnaround they would send me the script I would get hair and makeup ready jump in front of this screen film myself uh, get the footage onto my computer edit it and send it over to them in like an hour and I did that uh, Monday through Friday for about four years so um, that was a really good like boot camp in memorization and editing yes. like quickly. Um, yeah, so I do mostly video production here in this studio, and then I do voiceover or singing up and upstairs in my walk-in closet, surrounded by my tank tops and my bras and like all sorts of like dirty laundry everywhere. Uh, very very glamorous. Uh, but yeah, so that's where I sing uh, the vocals for that. And I'm sure you're um, wondering what this sign is back here. Can I tell you about it? Please tell us about it. It it all just fits so well. Jamal, that, all that after the OG. Please tell us about it. It does. It does fit so well. And it's funny. I didn't hang this here just for this. Like this is always here. And my husband usually works right here. So it's always in the background of his, of his uh, interviews and, you know, all stuff like that. So people are always asking him about it. Um, But this is actually a cutout from the stage of all of all that. So if you remember the show, it's it's Saturday Night Live for kids. It's sketch comedy. And for the first, you know, 25 minutes of the show, it was sketches and silliness and costumes and doing all sorts of characters. But the last five minutes or so are a musical guest. You know, we have Britney Spears and NSYNC and Usher and like anyone you can think of, like any huge artist was on our show. 
And this was right in the center of the stage and there were neon letters inside each one. So every single celebrity guest and musical guest that we've had has stood on that black circle with the logo on it. And it was years later that I went to go um, visit my old friends at Nickelodeon and the prop department. And they were like, hey, we have, a, we have a surprise for you. And they walked out with this big thing. And they're like, do you want this? And I'm like, yes, I want this. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put it, how I'm going to fit it in my car. It's pretty big. Um, right. But uh, I'm like, I must have it. So now it lives here um, on my wall. I, I just, just throwing it back to the all that memories, I was first off going to say, like, who do you have to fight to get that all that? So I'm glad they just graced it, graced you with it. Um, how did you get on the show? What, and here we are going into, like, the storyline of I like to know interesting things about the people that we have on this on the show. It's off the record. So how did you get onto all that and jumpstart your acting, singing? You're even an author now. How did how did that career jumpstart really with all that? You know, I'm going to even relate it back to football a little bit, especially again, watching the Hard Knocks episodes and how they had so many players and they had to narrow it down and just watching that crazy process and the, you know, the emotions that Coach Campbell went through, just all of it, you know, it's actually kind of similar. So for my, not with every show, but for my show in particular, when they were getting a whole new cast, they did a nationwide search for seven new kids. So there were thousands of kids that auditioned for this show. And uh, we had, I think, seven callbacks or something like that, which is insane. You usually have one or two and that's it. And this was very intense. We, for the auditions, we had to do three different characters. They had like make up a monologue that involved three different characters um, and then read a script uh, and then kind of answer questions about your personality for the, for the producers and the cast directors. And so, yeah, I mean, every time I show up, I showed up for a callback, got narrower, 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 there are less kids. You know, you start to recognize a few, you're like, okay, you made it, you made it, all right. And this took weeks and weeks. And then finally there were 12 of us sitting in the lobby. We had all auditioned and, you know, tension, like you cut the tension with a knife, somebody comes down and they're like, okay, um, we'll let you know in like one month, uh, whether you made it or not. And we're like, okay. They're like, we can only pick seven and there's 12 of you. So good luck. And we're like, okay. And it was my favorite show growing up. Like I was obsessed with all that before I ever became an actor. I was living in um, Spokane, Washington, born in Portland, moved to Spokane. And there are cassette tapes somewhere of me and my best friend performing characters from the original seasons. You know, like Lori Betts, like, be quiet. This is a library and repairman, man, man. Like this is so throwback to those, you know, original cast characters. Uh, but I mean, this, like my heart was so in this, this wasn't just another job. This was like, you know, I'm sure any of those, those players who are, you know, trying out for the lions, like if the lions were their all time favorite team from childhood, like it meant a little bit more than people, you know, who right. had a different favorite how, team. How like, old were you at the time? Show. I was 14. Okay. I was 13 when I auditioned 14, when I booked the show and uh, yeah, so a month came and went didn't hear anything. So I'm like, I guess I didn't get it. And then it was like another month after that, that they called my mom and they were like, she got it. (laughs) (gasps) Why do you think, why do you think they took so long? I don't know. Must've been a hard decision. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they narrow it down. I don't know what went on behind the scenes, Uh, but it took them a while. 
but uh, I have to say that uh, Jamal would have fit perfectly with our cast of kids. We were all incredibly hyper and just telling jokes all the time, bouncing off the walls, love pop culture. I mean, we were playing Pokemon cards. I know Jamal's a Pokemon fan. Like he really does seem like if football hadn't worked out for him, he could have just been an all that cast member. <laughs> one, one million percent. Okay. So you were living in Spokane when you auditioned for this. Did you just have to jet down to LA? Is that where the show was based? I'd actually just moved to LA. So I was a competitive dancer in, uh, in Spokane. There was even a time when I wanted to be a professional cheerleader. Like I kind of went through that, like, I'm a dancer. What do I do next? I want to be a, you know, professional cheerleader. I did not go that path. I went the acting path. My parents moved me down to the LA area. And my first show that I got was a show called Even Stevens. I don't know if anybody knows that I was on the Oh, we do. Yeah. So it was a, a recurring character on that show. Uh, and then shortly after was the the big casting call for all that. So it was one of my first jobs after moving to California. I, did you did you have an agent in place? Was mom the agent? How does that work? I did have an agent, but like a very small agent. You know what I mean? Like I had no credits to my name. So obviously, you know, I couldn't walk into, you know, one of the huge, you know, the huge, uh, like William Morris agencies and be like, sign me. They would have been like out the door. Uh, so just a tiny little like boutique acting agency, um, who, uh, a lot of kids didn't actually who auditioned for the show. I think most of the cast members on the show didn't have agents. So, um, yeah, so I had one, but I really didn't know the ropes. I didn't know etiquette, like set etiquette, anything. When I got the show, it was, I was a kid, you know, but it was one of the best experiences of my whole life. And I love talking about it. I know there's so many child actors who, when they get older, they're like, you know, don't talk to me about when I played whatever, you know, don't talk to me about my younger kid characters. I love talking about it. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what is the number one rule for set etiquette? Um, well now it's don't have your phone at all. Like leave your phone in your dressing room. But thankfully, um, we were on the show before cell phones were even really a thing and social media was not a thing, which I'm so thankful for because we just kind of got to, got to live in the moment and enjoy every little, you know, every little minute of the show. We weren't constantly like checking our Instagram or our Twitter or like competing for followers or anything like that, that I know kids on TV shows now have to do. We were just like enjoying it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say just set etiquette, be absolutely kind to every single person around you because you don't know who knows who and who's in charge and who's not. And you know, you tick off an editor and they might take you out of that scene for that week. And you just, you know, it's the entertainment business. It's a business, you know? It's, cr- it's a crazy business. We're kind of like in the entertainment, but not, but in it. So we we have our set etiquette as well. I love all. Yeah, you get it for sure. I love all those rules. Um, who is, I mean, I, so you were on Even Steven. So you worked with like Shia LaBeouf. Like I would love to know who the most famous person in your cellular device is. In my cell phone? Let's see. Um, like that you have their number two. Maybe Forrest Griffin. He's a Hall of Fame UFC fighter. Um, okay. Who else? I'm sure. I think I still have Jamie Spears. Um, Brittany's little sister. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she was on the, I'm sure I have Jamie. Yeah. I think I have Jamie in there. Um, so she was on seasons eight and nine. So I was on seven, eight, nine, and 10, and she was on eight and nine. 
And of course that was like the big, you know, media push is like, oh my gosh, like Britney Spears' little sister joins all that. So, you know, our show was everywhere. It was, you know, on every news station, everybody was featuring it. So I was really thankful that Jamie brought so much publicity to our show. Um, and she was great. And she and I totally hit it off. And I have a great story of the time I got to spend the night at Britney Spears' house because Jamie was living in her Beverly Hills home with her. And Jamie was like, hey, you want to come spend the night at my house? I'm like, yes, I do. So uh, Brittany and her mom picked up me and Jamie from set one day in their beautiful pearly white Lexus and drove us to their, you know, triple gated community <laughs> to this giant mansion. Um, I think even a Britney Spears song came on the radio while I was in the car with Britney. It was so funny. I like didn't even know what to do. I'm like, do I acknowledge that this is happening or do I? What did they do? Station. But <laughs> did, they, did Britney sing along? What did they do? No, I think she just like, I think she could tell that I was like kind of cracking up. Again, I was like, I think I was 15 years old at this point. I think she could tell that I was kind of just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So I remember she kind of like chuckled a little bit and then they just kind of went on with their conversation. But in my mind, I'm just like, what is happening right now? I'm with Britney Spears in a car. We're listening to Britney Spears on the radio. This, how is this happening? How is this real life? And so we get to her giant mansion and there's like crazy guard dogs everywhere. I'm like tiptoeing tip like past the guard dogs. I'm like, I'm nice. I was invited here. Just leave me alone. I'm cool. Um, and uh, we go back to Jamie's room and we're just hanging out there. And uh, we got in the, we went swimming and my hair was wet. And I was like, hey, Jamie, do you have a blow dryer? And she's like, no, but my sister has one. She's right down the hall. Like, just go ask her. And I'm like, um, you want me to go ask Britney Spears to use her hair dryer? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, here we go. It's happening. So I just like mustered the courage. And like, it was one of those like shining hallways. Like it was so long with every step. It just got longer and longer. Horror movie style. And I got to her door and I'm just like, Excuse me. And she was so nice. She was like, oh, sweetheart, come on in. What do you need? I'm like, do you have a, do I, Jamie said that I could, do you ha hair dryer? She's like, absolutely. Come on in. So she took me into her bathroom. She got in her drawers and she's like, here you go. And I'm sure it was like an $800 hair dryer or something, but I'm just like, thank, thank you so much. I just scurried back to the room. Oh my God, just hyperventilate a little bit, but yeah. So that's an odd experience that I got to have. <laughs> um, did you happen to listen in on Britney recording a very famous song at one point? No, but so not recording, but when okay. we, at one point while I was staying there, I, somebody was playing the piano, like beautiful. And like, I looked around the corner and it was Britney and she was playing the, um, I want to say it was the, every time I try to fly, I fall without my That's lucky, right? It's called every time, right? Oh, it was every time? Which one is it? Every time it's every time. Yeah, it's called every time. I mean, it's the first word of the chorus, so it must be. Um, and she was playing, she wasn't singing it, but she was playing it. And I don't think at that time that song was released yet. So I was just like, this is beautiful. I didn't even know Britney could play piano. Yeah. Uh, so I was just like mesmerized by it. And then later when I heard it on the radio, I'm like, that's the song she was playing. I saw her, I heard her play that song. Which again, just totally blew my mind, but yeah. I'm not sure I've ever told these stories uh, like on camera before. <laughs> Thank you for telling them. I just, us normal like people, humans just don't, 
we I mean we have cool jobs. We're around like people we think are cool. You're not but normal. You host an off live podcast. What are you talking about? See, right? And thank you for joining it. Um yeah, no, we're around all these football guys all the time. Like they're pretty cool to other humans, but for us they're kind of like normal. So we're like yeah. but Brittany is she's up there for us. I love how you were doing Jamie Lynn's um southern accent while you were doing while you were saying most of that stuff. Oh yeah, she had that thick accent. She would like pour ranch dressing on her pizza, which was totally foreign to me. I remember when I when we first got to Jamie's house. Oh my gosh, I have another story. Um so this was the second time I went to stay uh with Jamie and they were in like a different place. They were in like a um like a condo or something. Like obviously super nice, like a condo bigger than my house. Uh-huh. Um and uh I remember her mom served me sweet tea, which is the first time I'd ever have sweet tea because again they're from Kentwood, Louisiana and they drink oh. sweet tea. And I'm as far, I live, grew up as far from the South as you can get up in Washington. <laughs> and I remember her handing me that sweet tea and me taking a sip and being like, oh, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really, it's great. And I forced myself to drink the whole thing, even though it was like the most horribly sweet drink I've ever experienced in my life. But when you're at a Spears house and you're offered a drink, you drink that drink. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what I thought in my 16 year old mind. I mean, Lynn was so sweet that I'm sure if I would have said like, I don't like this, she would have been like, don't worry about it. But I was in my own head. And that was the night. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever told this story. I was there the night that, um, so Brittany wasn't there because she was performing at an award show is just what I remember hearing. And so I was there with Lynn and Jamie and we, and we were all sitting on the couch. And I just remember saying, or Lynn saying, Oh, I think it's coming up. And she turned on the award show and it was when Britney kissed Madonna. Do you remember that moment? Oh yeah. Sitting there next to Lynn watching watching it happen. And at the time, that was pretty scandalous. Don't know if you remember that. No, that was very scandalous. Yes. Nowadays, I mean, nobody would even blink twice at that. But it was at the time when Britney was still kind of seen as, you know, more the the innocent blonde pop star I mean not that innocent but like you know she was trans transitioning from like the hit me baby one more time to like the more adult pop star and I just remember Lynn watching it and just like and it got done and I remember Lynn saying it wasn't that bad it wasn't it wasn't it was fine it was fine and then she started getting phone calls and then Jamie and I just kind of went back to her room but I remember she started getting phone calls and I'm like that's kind of crazy <laughs> did we know that was planned I mean, she she had to have known because she was obviously she like, did she knew for it. I didn't know it was happening. Nobody else knew it was happening. But Lynn, you know, Brittany's mom was sitting next to me, and she, like I said, she was like prepared for it. She was yeah. watching the song, and I remember her saying like, "Oh, here it comes." So she knew the kiss was coming, but you know, then she saw, and you know, she wasn't mad at it. She was just kind of like, oh, like, "Oh, it happened," and then this oh, is it so bad, you know. And that's that's like all I remember from it. But like, what a crazy, what a crazy moment to experience crazy no it it truly is um okay we have to very recently and i know you're a part of the nickelodeon family one of our players were slimed i don't know if you saw that Derek barnes so i don't like a lot of people i feel like don't get to actually see the slime but like here's a slime um and i heard you've been slimed before as well how like how how long does it take you to get slime out of your hair well, one time I couldn't get it out of my hair. <laughs> so there were, there was one season of the show where I was blonde. I was a redhead for three seasons. And then I was like, I'm going blonde. And okay, I did like, you decide that or did the show? 
I decided I was going to go bright blonde and then the show like was fine with it because we weren't we weren't like it wasn't a narrative show we didn't have to like play the same character we were always wearing wigs and doing whatever so I'm just like I'm going blonde it's happening yeah um actually that's not how it happened I'm sure I was like is it okay if I go blonde I was like that's what I'm saying like people please their child and they were like yeah it's fine so I got slimed uh as I usually did being part of Nickelodeon and uh, it stained my hair green and we couldn't get the green out of the blonde hair at all, no matter what shampoo we tried. So I literally had to go get it redone at a, at a salon, <laughs> like re- completely redone because it was this like dirty dishwater, blonde green mess on my head. <laughs> I'm, I was like trying to look for like the ingredients in this. So there's different types of slime. There's different types of slime. Some read better on different cameras in different situations. I know the one, so when I was on a show called Slime Time Live, which was in Florida, they fly us to Florida every once in a while. And it was uh, like a show that kind of happened in between shows. You know, it would come out and be like, you've been watching all that. And now we're going to slime some people in this audience here at Universal Studios. Um, And I would come appear on that show every once in a while. That one, I want to say was mostly vanilla pudding and tapioca pudding to give it texture, obviously tons of food coloring. Gosh, I remember they used to, like, I, I've asked them a couple of times to rattle off the ingredients, but those are the two that I remember. Wait, that's crazy. So you could eat that slime? Yeah, they needed it to be edible because it would just go everywhere. <laughs> In all the crevices. Oh my gosh. Lord, okay. So I don't know how much you're allowed to tell us about all that but will will we be seeing more all that some new all that i don't know so they rebooted the show in 2019 with a brand new cast of kids and they're all great super talented super funny and uh they it went into 2020 so i I i'm not sure if it was technically two seasons or one really big long season um but they asked me to come guest star on the show so i got to do two episodes of uh of the new rebooted all that and I didn't know how it was gonna go because you know obviously I used to be on the show but this is a new cast of kids are they even gonna know me like it's just gonna be different and I walk on the set and these kids could not be more excited to meet me like they were so respectful like they were so excited to hear my stories it's kind of like what we all hope our grandchildren are gonna be like we hope that they like granny tell us stories of the of the old country you know we all kind of hope that they want to know about our lives um but i'm like you know in this world of iphones and stuff like are they even going to care about a show that aired in the early 2000s they weren't even born yet like do they even care maybe they were born i don't know i don't do no they probably weren't but uh but they weren't they all like knew my characters and you know they were so sweet like in particular like reese was uh reese cadell was like the is like the new redhead on the show so she and i got connected i'm like i'm the redhead she's like i'm the new redhead i'm like ah. so totally uh connected there um but uh yeah so i actually got to do two episodes with another character from the original seasons of all that uh actor named mark Saul. so he and i both got to do two episodes and then that's when it was shut down by COVID. So we did the two episodes right before it was shut down and then it hasn't come back since. So I don't know. I mean, that the reboot was produced by Keenan and Cal. Like they were, they had a huge hand in executive producing that show and bringing it back to life. Um, So I don't know if they have plans 
to bring it back. I'm still friends with the with the cast on Instagram. We talk every once in a while. Um, and crazy enough, most of the crew that worked on my seasons was still working on the show. Oh my gosh. Michael Johnson, who did my makeup when I was 14 years old, was doing my makeup, you know, now being on the new show. It was just like, I mean, I was tearing up constantly. <laughs> that is so wholesome. Song, you know, they played the song over the loudspeakers and there's all that logos everywhere. I'm like, this is like a weird trippy high school reunion happening right now. I don't even That is beautiful. Oh. Okay, yeah, I mentioned you um are singer, author. What can you plug that you have going on because I know you have so stinking much going on. And next time the draft is in Las Vegas, we will come see you. Um didn't know, you, you know, like yes, I was just there. That. So, um first of all, please you got to go listen to the Jamal that theme song. Uh, I do vocals and Jared Jones does all the music. He's amazing. Look up Jared Jones on Instagram. He has um, this amazing yoga business with his wife where his wife, Brittany, like teaches yoga and he like plays music while you're doing yoga. It's like the coolest thing ever. Um, so yeah, look up Jared Jones. He's incredible. And then uh, for anybody curious about Vegas. So I live in Las Vegas and everybody asks me, what's it like to live there? Like, and you know, everybody visits here and they all ask me, what should I do? Well, now I host a show called Vegas on. And the whole point of the show is that every episode we feature uh, different amazing spots in Vegas, cool restaurants, just cool experiences. You know, I, I hosted an episode from on top of the pirate ship at Treasure Island. Um, we go, we were at Allegiant Stadium on the field while they were painting uh, the numbers for the upcoming Raiders games. Like, I, you know, we feature all these really cool places uh, in Vegas. So if you want to know what restaurant to go to, a show to see, an experience to have, uh, go watch a show called Vegas On, and I am the host of that. So I will guide you on a beautiful, wonderful tourist tour of Las Vegas. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Oh my gosh, that's lovely. I heard you're in a Metallica band. Well, a Metallica-inspired band now. Back Not up. Metallica, but it's just a metal band. Okay, Neil was trying to break this down for me. He's like, just think Metallica. I'm like, okay. Yes, I do sing in a band called Von Volt. Um, and, uh, we perform around town at some great rock venues. Like there's a, a great place here called Vamped, uh, which has a lot of great live music, local bands. And, uh, yeah, we're sort of a, like horror movie metal Halloween inspired, uh, metal band. So that's almost my alter, my alter ego, like my alternate personality. I get to put on like Viking makeup and like put the Viking braids in my hair and like go headbang and scream into a microphone. Uh, which is a lot of fun uh, until you have the sore neck muscles for four days afterwards. So, you know, it's a very odd life I live where during the day I'm taking care of two beautiful children and making sure that um, they have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and that they've done their homework. And then at night I go headbang uh, on stage at a goth bar. So do the babies know that their mom is very cool? Oh, totally. Yeah. They like to rock out to our band's music. And uh, they really want to come to a show. Like my daughter's six and she's like obsessed with the band, but she can't get into any of these venues because they're all, yep. you know, <laughs> not family friendly at all. Um, but uh, it's so funny when our lead singer, James Von, but the band's called Von Bolt and uh, our lead singer, James, will come over to our house every once in a while, you know, just in his leather and his combat boots and his mohawk. And Chloe, my daughter's like, Mr. James. And he's like, what's up, Chloe? <laughs> like, it's just such a funny uh you know clash of 
totally different worlds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have so much fun uh, singing in Von Bolt. So yeah, look it up. It's V-O-N-B-O-L-D-T uh, on Instagram and Spotify and we got some music out. But uh, yeah, I mean, former child actor on a sketch comedy show, Mom by Day, Rocker by Night. Uh, I also have a book out. I'm an author. <laughs> Uh, it's called Ash Ridley and the Phoenix. It's on Amazon. It's very Harry Potter. So like middle grade fiction, if you have a kid who's into Harry Potter. Um, and then, yeah. And then hosting the Vegas on show. So I think that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> right. Yes. Life of, oh my gosh, life in the entertainment industry. It's um, amazing. I feel like the only proper way to go out of this podcast is you just giving us, you know, some of the Jamal that vocals. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 it's Jamal that is Jamal there. Oh, 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 it's Jamal that is Jamal there. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Boom. God, that I had this next one. Just won a Nickelodeon blimp for that. Oh my gosh. Favorite TV show, 2004. I know that you guys just recently won one as well. So congratulations. Yours is much fancier than mine. Yours is on like a, a trophy stand. It's not necessary. That's that's efficient and simple. Is yours a kaleidoscope? Yes, it is. Okay, I did look through it. Kaleidoscope. Can I like even like, can I do that? Can you see that it's a kaleidoscope? It's good. It's, it works. Okay. That's hilarious. You just listened to another episode of Off the Record with Danny Rogers. A new episode drops every Tuesday.